Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past Part 3. cartridge commandos we are here in part three the final part of our series on the legend of zelda a link to the past yeah so if you're sick of hearing this uh, episode start with that song this is it guys you made it i think i did a different one on last one so don't oh, worry okay. that way they're not too <laughs> bored of it <laughs> now we have gone over many different aspects of this game we've gone through all the items we've talked about the general aspects of it our favorite parts and things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we've looked at the manual oh yeah And we've talked about our personal history with it. We've made it through the first three palaces of the game. And now we find ourselves in the dark world once again. Zelda has been taken away to some mysterious plane by the evil wizard... Aghanim? Aghanim. Aghanim. What a mysterious name. Oh, he's a mysterious man, indeed. And so we continue our level by level here. After the battle with Aghanim concludes, you are thrust into the Dark World, and you find yourself atop a large pyramid, which, if you check your map, is right in the same location as Castle Hyrule, but in the Dark World. Yes. Now, you cannot go in this pyramid. At least not yet. No, yeah, correct. Uh, So you just want to get down from it, but there is a heart container right on the right side of it, so don't don't pass that up. Yeah, and I remember uh, this was a spot where I feel like I was right at 10 hearts once I got that one, so that was about where I was, and if you can help it, you want to have three bottles by now. We might have (laughs) talked about it in the past, but I'm going to reiterate it here again. It's it's an important thing to help you through this next chunk of the game. Yes. Now, uh, right away, you are in the Dark World and can explore a little bit more, so... One thing you might want to do is head over and grab the Quake Medallion. Oh, yeah, that's true. You could uh, you can go all the way up and throw... You just throw rocks in that that circle up at where the, a rock, the Waterfall of Wishing would be, kind of. A rock that looks like a skull. Right near, yeah, the uh, Zora Waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Go grab it, man. It's free. And you throw that in there, and a catfish will pop out and uh, give you the medallion. Very kind of him. Now, Zora's Waterfall is... Uh, this is, I think, the first time in the Zelda games we didn't talk about this, that the Zoras are a friendly character, as well as just an enemy. That's true, yeah. Because um, they were, I don't even think they were in the second one, right? Or... Not that I remember. Yeah, I don't... Unless uh, they were like a creature jumping out of water at some point. I don't know what those things were. The, you know, they look like a dead fish skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think they're Zoras, though. Not in my book, baby. Well, speaking of mysterious sea creatures, um, we actually got an email from uh, a listener about... Uh, we made a reference to uh, a sea monster called a hodag, yes. and uh, that's actually something we're both kind of tangentially familiar with. Like, I'd never heard of one before, but a friend of ours... Yeah, uh, from his small town, they have a Grand Lake there. Oh, and yeah. Part of that Grand Lake's uh, history and mystery is that it houses a hodag. And both of us had never heard of the term hodag before meeting <laughs> no. this guy in college. I love it, man. Uh, we were instantly uh, hooked on how hilarious it sounded, <laughs> but also just mystified. And what it turns out is that the hodag is a uh, type of a mythical sea creature that appears in many lakes and uh, 
bodies of waters throughout the Midwest up through the southern part of Canada. Right, like Great Lakes region. Yeah, like, so yeah. there's not just one hodag. There are many local hodags. So, no, sorry, buddy, we weren't talking about your hodag out in, um, was it Wisconsin? I believe so. And uh, we were just uh, talking hodags in general. But don't worry, we are big fans of the hodag. <laughs> yeah, and anyone out there with uh, any hodag stories, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. But yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much one of the only things you can do before just heading off to the next palace. Yeah, I, you're pretty limited uh, by your lack of hammer. Um, you, you'll see a lot of those uh, purple stakes that you can't get past at this point. You know, like the the bridge is all blocked mm-hmm. off with them and stuff. So hint, we'll, hint. we'll get to it. But I, I got to say, I, I'm really disappointed at how those uh, smash down. I've oh, always yeah. have been. Oh, I, I kind of like it in a way, but I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, what you need to do is move to the Dark Palace. That's your entry point to uh, this world. It's the first dungeon you got to go through, and it will, you know, give you that hammer so you can explore a little more. Now, where is this at, Nick? Um, it's the it's in the same location as the Eastern Palace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Palace of Darkness. I think, think there's a sign or two on the way that's like, Palace of Darkness, arrow to the right. Like, But to get in it, there's like a pseudo-maze you got to get through where you're going through an under uh, series of bushes or trees. Yeah, it can be kind of weird at first, like, but you can kind of see where you can move through after you learn what to look for. Yeah, there's a monkey uh, that befriends you, and you have to have a hundred rupees. Yeah, Kiki. And if you if you pay him the money, Kiki the monkey will open the entrance to the dark palace. And the dark palace, Nick. What a, what a palace. Yeah. Um. What would you say the theme of this palace is? Well, um, I don't know. It's kind of tough to. This is your first like uh, kind of gloves off dungeon you know like they use a combination of many of the little tricks you learned in the first three you know Mm -hmm. well definitely it's it's the culmination of those first three you get um one of those little puzzle mazes with the braziers in the darkness Mm -hmm. yeah and you'll see like weight switches teleporters uh you know red and blue crystal switches yeah all of them come together there is a fairy fountain in this level so that's Mm -hmm. super handy and as we said the item you get in this one is the hammer and that is totally necessary because there are just two areas that you must use the hammer on. What are are they moles? I I always think of the whack a mole because it's like that little. It's like a. It's a little creature. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Little, little pink creature that's like in, in this little blue square, and you just pound them down. They are animated, and that's a face on it, right? Like, that's what I thought. Okay, I think so too. <laughs> I find it. I find it a little odd and a little disturbing, but whatever. And this is where you'll start to see a few enemies. Um, you see those mini helmosaurs, and the uh, turtles are in here. Where once you get the hammer, you you know pound them to flip them over or you know do damage to them. Yeah. Now, you if know. you pound the turtle sword, you break its face mask. Is that the deal? Uh, I'm. I honestly just avoided them most of the time. I did too. I remember it. Being... I didn't want to get that close. Yeah, those guys are a pain in the butt, man. They take off a lot of lot of damage as well. Mm-hmm. So. You are going down into the basement of the palace, or whatever this uh, castle. Palace. Palace of Darkness. Yes, the palace. And basically, you're just pretty linearly making your way down after that first floor to the boss. And this boss is... Oh yeah, the big, the Helmosaur itself. Yes. Now, there are multiple ways of defeating this boss. But of course, you did just get a hammer. Right, right. Well, I mean, okay, so it's a large orange... uh, dinosaur looking thing with a huge uh protoceratops looking it's it's gray but it looks like a, a steel shield on its head so to speak and it has a long tail that it can whip around with like a spike on the end of it spike ball 
And it's shooting fireballs that will, in turn, it'll shoot like three of them at a time, and they'll each split into four, which will come out at angles. So watch out for those. Yeah, this boss is definitely um, a, a, a challenge, and it's your first real big challenging boss. Oh, yeah. It's, it's got a... two modes. you got to break off this face mask. Now, you can do that with the hammer. It's what, two hits with the hammer? I think so. Um... But my problem is... To get in there with that hammer, you are really opening yourself up to a lot of attacks. That's, yeah, I usually just use bombs. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> you know, because you can throw down bombs and run away. Yeah, or just chuck them at him. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you have that option as well, although I usually just laid him down in his path and tried to that time it. That was my know? tactic. The throwing of the bomb, while it is good, it, that the timing of picking it up just is too much where I'm not in control of the situation. Gotcha. And but then, oh, you go ahead. I think it takes four bombs, though, to mm. knock the mask off. Well, that's fair. Then it has a big green weak spot you can attack, I think, with your sword or whatever. Or... Yes. Now, it takes, uh, I think, eight sword strikes or arrows, I think, also hurt it. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of refreshing myself the other night uh, before we talked about this to, you know, I was watching a few battles, and, and I watched the guy use the bow on this guy, and I was like, well, maybe there's something, you know, I... I dismissed it before, so maybe there's something to check out there. Yeah, my only problem is, again, the boat's a little slow. Yeah. So, you know, I probably would just go in there with that sword if I could. Same here. <clears throat> Once you have defeated the Helmosaur, you, of course, get yourself a giant heart container. Yeah, and now you have freed one of the the descendants of the, the Seven Maidens. Well, they're yeah, all... you get a crystal, and, and she is in the crystal? Is that how it works? Yeah, they're all, like, turned into or imprisoned in the crystals, I believe. You get a okay. neat little, you know, one of these uh, mini polygons, you know. It comes out, she tells you a little a little story, and uh, then you're off. The sparsely used polygons are really nice in this game. You see them in the, mm -hmm. you know, Triforce, and then in these crystals. I think that might be it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, and... They're smartly just these simple geometric shapes that are, oh, yeah. you know, they're not doing anything abstract with those. From there, you head to the Swamp Palace. Now, this brings me to one of my, one criticisms of this game is that the second half is pretty linear. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's a lot of things that are pretty, uh, you know, like in this case where it's like, you're just, there's no way to get past where you're supposed to be. Like, and it's not just like some things just won't spawn until after you've beaten certain levels. So you can't like sequence break, you know? Yeah. When you look at the map, it shows you all of the palaces you need to get to, but they do order them. And that order is pretty specific. There's only one you can go out of order to, right. which we'll get there, but it, it does, you know, it takes away a little bit of that freedom that the first one had where you know, you maybe couldn't get through all of the dungeon, but you could go to a lot of dungeons whenever you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Now you have the hammer, which allows you free access to the entirety of the dark world now, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, that's the big... Uh, um, now you can pound down those uh, purple stakes. Uh, and a lot of places, they are hiding warp points between the worlds. Yeah, um, If anything, not just stakes, but a lot of times you'll see, uh, you know, like boulders or things in that triangular pattern with another one in... In, in the middle, that usually signifies the location of a warp. And as you're talking about those purple stakes, they don't pound down into the ground. They get squished as if they were yeah. made of like Play-Doh or I, clay. I know. I'm like, on one hand, I kind of like it because you can see where it's like perfectly smashed down in the middle. But mm -hmm. And there's a little animation for it as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a weird choice. that I, I, I don't know. I like it and I kind of don't. At the same it's just time. not as satisfying as driving a stake. Right, Like, right. okay, you don't want to have it to be a wooden stake like in the light world go with like a stone thing or something you know like yeah yeah 
I didn't, instead, they go for Play-Doh, man. <laughs> they do. But now that you have the mallet, you can go explore. You can uh, go to the big uh, marsh where the uh, Lake, Hylo, Lake Hylia was. Uh, mm-hmm. There's an mm-hmm. island. You can switch between worlds, get a another heart container there. Um, I would definitely recommend going to the Pond of Happiness now. Burn off all that extra oh, yeah. cash you have and just upgrade your uh, arrows and your bombs to your heart's content. Yes, sir. Load up on that. The one other thing I think is really useful to do before you go to the next palace is you now have access to the boy playing the flute in the woods. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good idea to go visit him and then you are put into a little time travel quest where you, or light world quest, I guess, where you go back to the light world, find his flute for him, aka Ocarina. Yep, it is. Yes. And then uh, I don't remember the series of events, but he doesn't end up wanting it or needing it now. Well, it's like you play it for him, and he gives it to you. He asks you to play it for his old man or his dad or something. Yeah. And then he turns into a tree after you play it the final time, when a kind of melancholy scene where I was like, what? It is kind of (laughs) weird. But you get it, and then when you uh, take that to the square of the town in the light world, you can play it at the weather vane, and then it will open up the bird slash duck. Yeah, now you're playing with duck power. Yeah, which is your warp. You can now warp to many places around the light world map. I mean, beforehand, there are those whirlpools you can warp between with your flippers, but there's only like three or four spots. I never really used them much because I didn't Never really, on purpose. I never really needed to. I didn't spend a lot of time, like, the map's not that hard to just run across, you know? Exactly. Well, and now you can head uh, south of the uh, pyramid to, this is where the second dungeon, the Swamp Palace is. Mm-hmm. Um Along the way, you can head uh, to the west and pick up the Bombos by warping back to the light world on top of some cliffs. It's a good idea to get that now because you're close to it. And you know where this next dungeon is, the Swamp Palace, because hopefully you've gotten a uh, piece of heart container out of it right? in the light world side of things. And this is where you'll start to... I think you get a message from Sahasrala inside where he's like, things in the light world affect the dark world too. So you have to go to the light world, drain the swamp, then come back to the dark world and now you know that one you know you can go inside like one room and then there is a large channel uh blocking you like a hallway blocking you from the ladder across on the other side and once it's filled with water you can now swim in this channel to get to more areas of the dungeon yeah it's uh one of the mechanics you're going to kind of deal with in this dungeon (laughs) and you know what for a water dungeon this is not too bad there's not a lot of filling and dropping of levels it's not right. too complicated. You're not like floating objects up and down and moving them or, you know, it's just getting across certain right. areas. This is not Ocarina of Time's <laughs> water level, for sure. The majority of puzzles in this dungeon do deal with raising and lowering the water levels into specific areas. And then there's also, of course, many more of those um, crystal switch puzzles. Yeah. And uh, you'll see some weird, uh, this is where you fight those like catfish guys, they... Um, they're a weak enemy, those slimes that appear on the floor after you step over them. Yeah, yeah. And those weird water creatures, they just look like a blob of water that, you know, I, I find those kind of anno- very annoying. Yeah, because they move like they're tough to uh, fight like, or get out of the way. They're like the anti-fairy kind of, they're right. fast. I would just try to avoid those ones at all cost. Yeah, and along the way, you can pick up, uh, when you finally get the big key, you will find the hook shot. The hook shot. Many, many players' favorite item. It's, I mean, I, there's some things I like about it. I feel like it's nice and fast. I like that. But, mm-hmm. you and, know. you know, it's cool. It, it does take you from one place to another. It acts as a, a stunning device for certain enemies, and it kills some smaller enemies as well. 
I mean, this one, I, and I know in this dungeon too, uh, well, actually in a lot of these, those electric jellyfish, you're going to see a lot of those in many of the dungeons, and that's a good, the hook shot doesn't, even though it's made of metal, supposedly, it doesn't shock you when you hit them with that, so. Yeah, that is definitely the one of the better ways of, of killing them, because it's always long range. Yeah, insulated handle, I guess. Now, the one thing I had trouble with when using the hook shot is often, if I missed, I would hook shot into something that would then drag me right into an enemy or next to it or a pit or something you're like no what <laughs> yeah yeah so there can be problems on that side of thing and then once you have the hook shot that's what this this whole level is after that it's no longer filling water and lowering it it's figuring out where to hook shot from one area right. to another to get around the remainder of this level yeah, all these elevated areas you have seen but cannot reach yet and eventually you'll make your way down to the basement and in the basement Ooh, you go through the boss door, and you fight quite an interesting boss. Yeah, I have this listed, his name is Argus, but I don't know, I don't know if that's listed at the end, you know, or ah, whatever. Yeah, I have seen it as Argus as well, and that the little mini uh, chunks of him would be known as, would be known as Argi. Hmm, okay, well, this is a big red one-eyed squid that's surrounded by these little, I mean, mini What's squid. more of a jellyfish? Or jellyfish, it's a barnacles or something that and float around when you first see it it's just a mass of red balls yeah it's and cloudy you're like no what are they going to do but of course you have that hook shot and if you hook shot one of those balls it will come off of the creature and then you can attack it yeah so you're hook shotting this thing pulling its uh barnacles away and killing them ideally before they get back and eventually the cloud will just you know you'll be working it down i don't know how many it has like 12 maybe or yeah and all the while it's moving around the room trying to hit you with its body yeah and those things i think come out in patterns right mm -hmm. circular attack patterns and yes so yeah you just keep slugging away until eventually you've killed all of them and then it goes into real like attack mode where it's hopping now, after you you are wading through the water in this area of the dungeon yeah and it's cool because once you've removed all of the argi argus itself like dives into the water yeah and i yeah. was like tearing around through it it's so pretty it's, sweet it's cool looking but it's not hard at all no, um, yeah, he bounces off you pretty, you know, you get a good recoil after a sword hit, so it's pretty easy to stay out of his way. Yeah, it's, uh, again, another point It's another point at which if you're using the spin attack, you've got your sword mm -hmm. charged up, I mean, there's no chance of it even hitting you most of the time. Yeah. And yeah. it takes eight sword hits at this point to destroy it, or four shots with the ice rod. Oh, nice, okay. I didn't mess with the, any other attacks here, so good to know. Now, of course, once you have defeated... Argus and the mini Argi that were swirling around it. <laughs> you will get your heart container. You will get the second crystal, freeing yet another maiden. She will tell you some stuff. Every maiden has a little bit of exposition to give you about the story and maybe where to go next. Yeah, I wish... One thing that would be nice is if they all had a name. You know, like in Wizards and Warriors. Or like, you rescued Penelope. Hmm. Or some... I don't know, whatever. But I still... They all deserve rescued, names or not. They do. <laughs> but after this, you are on to the third palace which would be this is the skull dungeon which will be up in the skull woods yes which is just the lost woods of the dark world yes much like the lost woods in the light world uh there are several entrances you can get into this area and this uh actual dungeon has quite a few entrances there's holes you can fall into yeah it's a little confusing oh yeah first you're like what the heck like the, you're trying to figure out, like, you know, when you look at the map, the auto map, too, you'll start to realize where you can see all these arrow areas. <laughs> okay, I'm dealing with some weird stuff, but... So basically, there's only one level, but it's broken into two parts. 
Yeah. Which is why it's confusing. And you do have to leave the dungeon to get from one part to another. Yeah, and it's like the first big part has several entrances itself and areas there's like, you know, there's, uh, you know, they have those purple skull head entrances that you go into. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, there, you know, there'll be holes in the ground you fall in or you find one under some bushes and different spots to land in while you're, although this is really a dungeon that if you know what you're doing, you can zoom in and out real fast. Yeah, you can skip through a huge chunk of this dungeon. You just go in, grab that uh, big key so you can get your... Uh, this is the fire rod, right? Yeah, this is where you get the fire rod. So I think we misspoke in an earlier episode, in episode one, and said the fire rod was in dungeon, some other dungeon. We got oh. swapped, the fire rod and the mm, yeah, yeah. the tunic, perhaps. But who knows? Um, maybe we didn't. I don't know. We we talk a lot on these mics, and <laughs> it's always hard it? to remember what we say, <laughs> even though we do have notes. But yeah, you get the fire rod in here, and the fire rod, pretty useful. Yeah. Um... What its main purpose for me, is not attacking enemies. Right. It's for lighting things on fire at a distance. Yeah. Um, although, this dungeon is where you're going to see some a lot of mummies who are tough as nails, and the fire rod tears them up pretty quick. One hit. One hit. Now, I, I imagine Bombos say, would do the same thing too, but I didn't really experiment here. This dungeon is pretty rough. The enemies in it, I thought, you know, they hit really hard. And mm-hmm. I died a ridiculous amount of times. I'm not even going to lie. Like <laughs> at least like three or four times. Well, there's some just, tough rooms, man. Just trying to get like into the first push of the, of the dungeon, you know? Well, you get a lot of these, like, you know, lighting torch puzzles, the star floor puzzles, you know, there's holes and, but the whole time you're also getting those wall master hands are coming down. And so that's you... why those wall master hands in this level, God, they are relentless. Yeah. I don't know how many there are. They may be infinite, but I've killed at least three or four. They seem infinite. In a room. I don't ever seem to be able to get them to stop, but. And yeah. it's so obnoxious, especially because there are some areas where you really are stuck in the small confine of an of, of, of a place where you're trying to set off certain uh, switches or, switches yeah. and things. But you have to just run one square away when that hand comes. Yep. It's all you got. And there's pits everywhere. And then uh, there is, you know, a, a, a torch puzzle that you've got to use the rod for, the fire rod, giving you little knowledge of that mechanic. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, man, I found this dungeon to be actually pretty rough. To me, this was the first big, like, stumbling point for me in terms right. of difficulty. Like, dungeon I put a design. lot more time into this one than a lot of the previous ones. But this is where, yeah, eventually you'll exit and then re-enter in that there's a much larger purple skull. It kind of looks like a bug, and you use the fire rod to burn away part of it. Yeah. And uh, you head in, and that's where you'll get down to the boss fight. Yes. With Mothula. Yeah. This is straight up Mothra. Yeah, um, but this is a deadly one because you're on a conveyor belt floor, which is lined with those uh, traps that are spike traps are moving all around. Yeah, man. Again, this is part of how I felt about this whole level being a lot harder is that this boss fight can be pretty hard. There, I mean, just from the dangers of the room. Yeah, well, and I mean, you got the moth flying around shooting. It's like spread, triple spread of rings. Now, if you touch the moth, that's like two damage. It takes off a ton. So did you get, or could you get the Staff of Burnham by now? Because this seems like a fight it would really be good at. It does. It does. But I don't, I don't remember if I did or not. I feel like, okay, what about. Did I mention it in last week's podcast? I'm, I'm, I'm not sure when you, you said you got it, but I mean, cause I never used it, you know, like, so I was just thinking, you know, retrospectively, I was like, I bet this would be a great spot for it if you can even get it by then. But I don't know that you can. I was just curious, but... I do know that four hits 
with the magic hammer will defeat this boss. Whoa, really? If you've got the, the cojones to get in Ugh. that close. Well, when I was uh, touching back up, I didn't do this. I used the fire rod a little until mm-hmm. I ran out of magic and then sword, but the good B is really useful here. Oh. It'll just fly around and keep it, like, when I was watching I, videos. I think I lost I was, it by this point. Yeah, this dude, like, it tore it up, and you can just concentrate on dodging pretty much while this bee is just beating up this uh, Mothula. I think if I go through this game again here in, in the near enough future to remember that, I will totally try the good bee trick on this oh, I want to try the bee on everything, man. It's it's a, it's really fun. I, the I problem is out. you just really, <laughs> the downside with the good bee is you got to always catch it again. Yeah. So it's kind of a pain in that aspect. It is true. Because, you know, you release it with one thing, then you need to go switch to yeah. the bug net. Doing and, some yeah. doing some administrative work there. Truly. Now, like we said, eight hits, four hits, that's really not a ton of hits. Because there's only the one form of no. this boss. It's just a very offensive. And while encounter. it flies around, it shoots out some, like, uh, ring beams. But that's that's it. Not, not a lot of things going on with this guy. He does look cool. Yeah. I mean, because he looks like Mothra. Right, right. So if you like colorful moths, you'll like this boss, and you'll probably be sad that you killed him. But don't be, because now you get to move on. Well, you get your uh, container. Yeah, crystal. Maiden's free. Yep, yep. And now we get to move on to the gargoyle's domain. Where does the gargoyle make his domain? Well, it's in the town, actually. Um, What? I'd seen this as, like, this is... You might hear some stuff, too, uh... I think one of the villagers, maybe in the light world, they talk about, they're like, there's a thief named Blind who used to have a hideout. Yeah. So, ooh, I don't know where, okay, I don't know where you get the clue about, you have to go to where the weather vane would be in the light world, but you're in the dark world town, and there's a statue of a gargoyle, you pull on his trident, and it opens this uh, gate. Yeah. I remembered this from before, but I have no idea where you get this clue. I don't, I don't either. Know if I, <laughs> there's got to be someone, I'm assuming, in this town or, you know, but either way. This is an interesting uh, dungeon because this is where you have several huge rooms, right? They're all connected with, you yeah. know, you have different heights and you're going up and down. You'll be fighting those weird, like, I'm assuming they're called their horse heads. Yes. Like from Zelda 2, that's what I always... And it's cool because the way it's designed, there are not only are these four big rooms vast... They're connected and they're set in a grid to where it makes it almost feel like one giant room. Yeah. And you have to like, you know, some places bomb through, you know, you're, you're zigzagging in and out of these rooms to get to different areas of them, the connected ones to get yes. through. Now, this is also one where you can get kind of turned around a bit. Yep. There's a lot of exploring that if you don't take just the right path, you can have to backtrack a little bit and figure out where you're at. Just because, you know, the way these rooms are uh, set up. You can see a lot of it, but you can't always get to a lot of yeah. it. Yeah, and you have to watch out because there's a lot of... Uh, you'll be walking underneath pathways, so you can't see, and you can't see the monsters underneath, so beware. Now, another cool thing about this level is they use a lot of really cool lighting effects from windows and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. It plays into the story of this level as well. Sure, because... Um, well, I mean, you'll be going around, you'll see uh, you know, Stalfos Slime, the horse head guys and stuff, and... The big thing, the big treasure as you battle your way through and get the big key and stuff is the Titan's Mitt. So, but the real mystery is that, you know, you'll be fighting your way down to the final, uh, the bottom of the dungeon where you, that's where you see the maiden there. Yeah. With no boss, which doesn't seem to matter, but she asks you to like take her out or. or... She says something about the light. Yeah. And she wants to see the the sunlight. Now, if you're me, uh, who is dumb, I thought... I was first confused about where I was like, oh, man, you have to go bomb in the light world. So I just left 
So uh-huh. I had to go back and do it all over again, you know, because okay. I went and messed around in the light world. And then I came back and I'm like, God, I got to do this again. And I went all the way down, meet her again. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to skip real quick to the the entrance using my mirror. And while that does work, she's still with you. I was right by the entrance. And that's where she'll tell you, like, it's too bright or something. But I stupidly hit down and walked out again. So I had to go through this thing three times <laughs> for no real good reason. I see. Because what you really want to do is take her to a room you may have found earlier that has a large window in it. And we have to bomb that floor above it first. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, there is a, a room with a large window in it. And you it's shining onto a cracked floor. You bomb that floor and then the yeah. light can go down even further into the dungeon. And you want to take her to the bottom level where that light is. Yeah. Now, you do have to get through some rooms with a bunch of tricky conveyor belts. There's Yeah, this is a very conveyor-heavy area. Mm-hmm. But you can get her into this room, and she gets to see the light, and all is good. Or not, as she reveals her true form is the thief in question blind him or herself. I don't like the looks of this boss. It's a weird boss. It looks kind of like a ghosty, like, you know, like classic sheet ghost, but with this weird, like, bear head or something. Like yeah, it's a got cat. a red red head and red hands, and then it's like a white sheet body, and it's just, if... after some of the really awesome bosses we've seen, <laughs> it's a little bit of a letdown. This guy sucks, though, man, because it's like, it flies around shooting these fireballs. The head, by the way, is spinning full 360 around, somewhat creepily, I think. Uh-huh. You also get lasers similar to those laser pillar enemies. I shoot lasers out. I do know that at this point I had the cane of Berna. Oh, okay. You so at this point, I do know that. Yeah. Um, well, what happens is he has comes out in his little sheet and he is hanging out there and then he shoots at you a laser beam or uh, maybe some fire. Yeah, and when you attack him a couple times, he flashes and his head comes off. Yeah. Flies around the room and then he reappears with a new head. Yeah. Rinse, repeat until there's at least three heads out yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind of Gleok style. Yeah. and uh, But if you have the Cane of Berna, well, then you just run around and, and fight him. And you don't have to worry about those heads at all. Nice. I This is a pretty cluttered field of fire once you get the three heads. Because they're really, they have a pretty high rate of fire and they go in all directions. Like Bounce around a lot. Yes, it's tough to, so I just went uh, whole hog offensively running up, just stabbing him, trying to, you know, I was like, whatever, I'll just start using all my potions to beat him pretty much. And then once he's defeated, you must defeat the three heads themselves. But once you have done so, you get your heart container and you get the true maiden in her crystal whom you free. Yes. And now this is probably a spot, you know, you just got the Titan's mitt, you've got the hammer and the hook shot. So you have pretty much full access to almost everything. Yeah. You can go heart container wild. There's, we haven't talked about it, but I think there's at least four or five that you can go get yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. There's And um, now that you have this, I believe you can go, you can get your sword tempered now because you can go uh, free the blacksmith. It's just south of the town. He looks like a little fish. He's trapped in an area uh, behind some dark rocks. Yes. And, and you can now lift them and let him go. He'll follow you right up there. And You can go back to the light world and lead him into the blacksmith shop, and they will take your sword and temper it. Now... Don't do what I did, folks. Don't go straight to the Ice Palace with no sword. <laughs> it's foolish and really hard. Too hard. I, I can only imagine. And then you have to leave the palace and go get your sword. So I don't know how long you have to wait and what triggers the sword. Do you? It wasn't long. I just kind of farted around on the screen a little while. I left the screen and came back. It, it, not even a minute, I don't think. Okay. So, so go get your sword. Uh, now, you can also get your final bottle at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's that. If you go into the ruined blacksmith shop in the dark world now 
a little chest will follow you around. And if you take that chest to the thief that is between the desert and Lake Hylia in the light world, he will pick the lock for you on yeah. that chest. He'll be like, I guess you found me out. And inside that chest is the final bottle. Yes, and uh, what a bottle it is. And it's a nice time to pick it up because then you can just move right on down to the bottom corner of the map and pick up a couple more heart containers. But eventually you're going to want to make your way back to Lake Hylia. That's where, um, really, because now you can get to, in the light world, you can activate a warp that you couldn't before because you didn't have the Titan's Mitt. And that Mm -hmm. will take you inside. You know, you can, if you've come here in the dark world, you've seen this lake is semi-frozen there's a castle in the middle that you can't get inside correct so now you can by you warp you find yourself in between or inside the walls and you can head right into the ice palace now the funny part is the reason i did not realize i didn't have my sword for so long is that a lot of the enemies in the beginning of this palace are ones you don't want to use the sword on sure yeah the there's these weird blue creature men those ice men that, that come, come out, out of like a wall decoration yeah you need your fire rod that's one hit they're gone yeah. oh yeah for sure there's a ton of the electro jellies mm-hmm. i'm i'm hookshotting all those those weird uh crocodile things you'll see a lot of those that's what i think that those green guys with like beaks i don't know what they're supposed to be but they they, they usually will be in like a line or something and they do those slide attacks Oh, on yeah. the ice floors. I, crocodiles. I, I always thought of them as like a Disney duck version of the creature from the Black Lagoon. I, yeah, I can see that. I just, I have no idea because I was like, nothing I can think of makes sense in a nice world. So, <laughs> And you finally uh, encounter some uh, slimes or yep. whatever they are. And uh, as well as uh, this will be the first uh, time you'll see the Stalfos Knight. Yeah. Who will, they fall down from the ceiling. Those guys. Ooh. They assemble. You can't hit them. I mean, you can hit them with your sword, and they'll just kind of crumble, and then you got to bomb them. Yes, and if you don't, they'll just get right back up again in a few moments. Yes, they're jerks. Now, is this are, is this also the first level where we get the uh, Mario Fireball twirling? I'm not sure things? if it's the first That's one. That's a but horrible description, it, by the way. <laughs> well, no, I um, I'm not sure if this is the first appearance of the fire chains, but it may be the worst one because I made a note that there's a lot of these going on in here. Yeah, so it's your standard Mario fire chain that spins around, and they just make life uh, really painful. Well, in some of these areas, you know, you're going through a a small curvy path that's a pit that you can fall off the edge, and you're trying to get through super fast. Did we mention that a lot of the floor in the ice palace is made of ice? You might be taken by surprise. And therefore, it does have a bit of a slippery texture, making a lot of these areas very hard to get through, because you can't just turn on a dime on this ice. You do a little skid and slide. One uh, bonus with the hook shot is that while you're being pulled, the fire won't hurt you. Oh. So that doesn't always play up here, but there are some spots in later levels where you can just chain your way through one of them so you don't get hit, but I don't know if that's here. Okay. I do know that this is an area, I didn't do this, but if you get the, uh, if you uh, sequence break and get that red staff of Samaria, Uh because this has that one puzzle where you have to go up the level. Yeah, so this is where you can do levels out of order yeah and you have to push the you have to push a block down onto a switch on the floor below but if you have that staff you could just create your own block and skip that indeed now there's some puzzles involving uh pulling of statues tongues yeah there's just a lot of um all the puzzles we've seen before a little doubling down on the falling through the floor mechanic yep uh, there is a fairy fountain though at the bottom of one of the the pipes or whatever those are those big uh, pots Mm mm-hmm and as you're adventuring here, at long last, you can finally get the blue mail. Yes. 
And I know I had been wanting this for a long time. <laughs> it makes this dungeon and, and, and many other parts of this map just so much more bearable. Well, there's a lot of guys that are doing three. You know, I mean, if you before you have the blue mail, maybe even four damage. Like if you see Lionels or some of these really tough, just regular monsters, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this whole palace is just taking you down, down, down through so many levels. There are actually six levels proper of this dungeon. Mm-hmm. With the final and seventh layer holding the boss. Oh, yes. Um, this is a frozen eye thing, ice creature. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I, I guess there might be more than one way to crack the ice, but come on. Fire rod. You got the fire rod <laughs> in this level. That's all. You know, it's like you can see it's an eyeball with some smaller eyes, right? And they're all frozen in a big block. Yeah. It looks cool, though. And uh, what is this thing is named Cold Stare, apparently? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cold stare itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you fire rod it until it... Uh, Does it do something to you while it's in ice phase? Yeah, it shoots ice crystals like, okay. out down at you. Um, that may split. But then once you break it out, it splits into like the three... There's like three eye cloud kind of things moving around, which now, I believe are also weak against the fire rod. So it takes eight hits with the fire rod to break its first form. Mm. But uh, if you had stopped and grabbed that bombos... It only takes one. Oh, nice! Blast from the bombos to How knock does it that, open. Man, I bet that tears up those eyes too. I don't know because I used the cane of Burna when it came to fighting uh, those eyes. Well, I one pro tip I did pick up uh, watching videos of better players than me is uh, those crocodile guys we mentioned earlier almost always drop magic potions. Okay, so you get a nice refill on that. I watched anytime you know because there was a lot of them in these rooms where you roll in. There'll be like eight of them. And this guy just used bombos every time, and you always get enough magic to refill. Okay. And that, so maybe that's a technique you might try. Now, you might want to use the fire rod as well because it only takes four shots per eyeball. And then if you have that super sword, it takes six hits per eyeball. Mm. Again, if you don't have the cane of Burna, or even if you do, spin attack. Super useful when there's oh, yeah. more than one enemy swirling around you. But either way, crush these eyes and then free the maiden. Yeah, they don't have any, you know, beam attacks really. So... No, it's not too yeah. too hard at this point. You can yeah. destroy them, get that heart container, get that crystal, talk to your maiden, and move on because you've only got a few more maidens to free. That's true. And uh, once you've actually, I mean, not that this is really communicated, but after the ice palace is defeated, now the super bomb will be available. So at this point, you could actually go up to the pyramid, blow up in that big crack, and that's where you can upgrade, get your final sword and silver arrow. Yeah. I did not do that when I played through last time, but it's there for you. It is there. But if you don't want to go there, you want to head over to Misery Mire. Yeah, you'll have to go to the desert and then warp in via, I think you have to use the duck. You know where it, it drops you at the bottom when you're on that cliff and there's a warp right there? Mm-hmm. And then you warp into this, uh, this is, which is kind of uh, confusing because you're like, the Swamp Palace, I just beat that a little while ago, but this is a real, like, you know... You got Swamp. rain and it's all wet and you're plodding around. With it looks these... really cool. It's to me, it looks like if a uh, swamp thing like took <laughs> yeah. over an area. He's like, "This is my land now." All these brambles and even the entrance. Well, you get to the entrance and you can't get in. Yeah, it's locked. Uh, there's another. You'll see a familiar looking icon uh, indicating the uh, ether magic. And it... and there's a guy who gives you a clue too up in a cave. He's like. The... The uh, water, there are all this rain and weather is because of evil spirits. If you could move the air, and you're like, okay, whatever. Ether. Ether. Use it. Lightning comes down, electrifies the land, and rising from the swamp 
is Swamp Thing's head itself. Yeah, and there are actually two other entrances that don't go into the actual dungeon. They might look like they do, uh, but one of them is just a, a fairy, and the other one is a heart container puzzle. So, But both useful. Yeah, so hit those guys up. And then make your way down into the mire. Oh, yeah. Now, this is another dungeon that has a lot of optional rooms, so you can really skip big, big chunks of this level if you need to. Well, you'll see, um, this is also, I think, our first appearance, or at least this is the first one I wrote a note down about the whiz robes. Oh, yeah. They definitely uh, come out in force here. These bad boys are just as annoying as they ever have been. Yes. But this this dungeon really it has a lot of uh, torch puzzles and crystal switches that you'll be going along, and then eventually you get the treasure, which is the cane of Sumeria. Yeah, now that's an interesting um, item. I remember, yeah, this is, I love it because you can create blocks to, which you'll have to do, I think, only once in this dungeon just to, you know, hold down a switch. But yeah. you can also create those platforms that move along the wires. Larger blocks. So this dungeon is about, I think, three floors deep, with the second floor being the large chunk of the map. Mm -hmm. And it can be a little maze-like. You you know, there is, of course, this one big central room with about four or Actually, I think it's like six doors coming off of it. Oh, so you're going to yeah. find yourself coming back into that room a lot. But eventually you'll make your way down to the final basement area and the boss of this le creepy level. And it's a creepy boss. So what, this eyeball swarm thing? Yeah. You know, it reminds me of the, uh, whatever that jellyfish thing we fought in the Swamp Palace, you know, where it's got a... It's similar. But uh -uh. it's sitting in like a its own goo. Yeah. And that's a good goo effect. Yeah, yeah. No, it looks cool. And I mean, it sends out these little eyeballs at you, you know, not one after another, but they come out like, you know, pretty quickly. And and then it does you can uh, just stand there and stab them away like it's yeah. very easy. And you yeah. just have to dodge because it has a lightning bolt, much like Aghanim's. I think effect. it's the exact one that Aghanim yeah. was doing, actually, <laughs> you know, um, but you just want to slash at them a ton. And if you but once you get it down to like the the last few eyeballs then mama eyeball gets enraged yeah it uh turns red and, and then it comes right at you bouncing away so yep but it's not that tough it's very similar this is a this is all sword all the time push I, pushover boss man yeah it's a it's a nice little break in yeah. between some of these little harder areas and bosses some of them you know <laughs> now collect that heart container it's going to be one of your last you free yet another princess and she tells you it's time to get your butt over to Turtle Rock. Yeah, this is where Zelda herself is. Yes. Now, if you haven't done it, you definitely need to go get that super bomb out of your house. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Cost 100 be... rupees. It's your house in the dark world. Yeah. And you want to take that to the pyramid. You're going to bust open the giant crack there. And that's how you get your final upgrades on the sword and the arrow. Yes. Uh, and then you want to make your way over to Death Mountain. Yeah, Turtle Rock is up to the top, um, and this is where you have to pound some stakes into, because that creates the warp to the top of Turtle Rock, where you have to use the Quake medallion to open the in, the entrance. Yes, and then I think there's even some spots where it's like you can't see where you're going when you walk, so you may want to use the ether there mm, inside yeah, the yeah. mountain. It'll highlight and illuminate the path briefly. Now, this uh, dungeon does come with a warning at the beginning in one of those message boxes that's like, do you have the medicine of magic? If not, you'll probably need it. And you probably will. Yeah, because this is where you'll be using that uh, staff of Somaria, because there's a lot of these. You're on the wire, maybe you're in the dark, you're trying to light all these torches or find the right, you know. Yeah, so let's let's get into that here. 
The theme of Turtle Rock is that there are many, many rooms with floors that don't exist. Yeah. And you will use your cane to create a block on this wire. And it'll stay there until you get on it. And then if it can go more than one direction, you you choose the direction. Yeah, you can steer, but you got to be quick. And anytime it reaches a T-junction or a three or a, you know, four-way intersection, you can change the direction just by pressing whatever direction you want to go. Yeah. So the puzzles become figuring out where to go on these, fighting people while on them, or sometimes lighting uh, braziers. Yeah, it can be pretty tricky. Mm -hmm. It can be. It always behooves you, I think, to just like ride it around for a bit, except for the one room where there's a ton of track. Yeah, and and they loop around so much, and sometimes it's your limited visibility, and you only have your lantern view, and that makes it a real pain. Like, Yeah. Now, there's also one of these big central rooms in this dungeon, and it's full of tubes that yeah. you take from like one area to the other, but then cartoon style, they like loop you around, and you don't ever go like right across the room. You do like a loop-de-loop, <laughs> yeah. and then go to the side of the room, something like that. You're in the tubes, man. But they're not that confusing, because you basically only have one or two options most of the time. Yeah, and I mean, once you go through it once, if you can't figure it out, you, you'll you figure it out. You can just go right back through it. it. Yeah. Now, if you can find the big key in this dungeon, you will find the big chest, and you will be rewarded with what, Nick? The mirror shield itself. And man, it's a cool looking sprite. I really like the way you look when you've got that mirror shield. Well, yeah, and you'll probably want it because with these uh, eyeball laser glyphs, you, I think there's some that showed up in the last dungeon, but there'll be just areas where there's a wall with five or six or eight of these things and as soon as you cross them they just start blasting away so laser in like there's no tomorrow but when you have the mirror shield nothing to fear no not at all and i think there's even a puzzle area where you have to basically walk through a bunch of lasers yeah to get to there's uh, a couple some keys and whatnot this is also uh in the middle of this area there'll be or in the middle of this dungeon there's one area where you leave you head outside and you have to walk along a little uh cliff to come oh, back yeah. in the cave and that's where this is uh an easily missed heart container where you warp back to the light world and there's a it's the only way to get to this one cave that just has a heart container in so and it's the only way to get that heart container heads up yeah that's the one i was really surprised you actually got i well it's one that i always remember as being like that's the hard one or don't forget that you know mm-hmm. but i all the other ones i was like whatever and then right at the end you have one massive switch puzzle but it's pretty easy, actually, because there's so many switches in oh, it. Oh, yeah, in that, like, triangular room. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. a little pyramid there. And then uh, you just make your way through the second basement until you find the boss of this dungeon. Yeah, what, Trinex? Isn't that what it's called? Sure. I think so. Um, but, yeah, it's a big, it looks like a, a stone kind of serpent, but it has three heads, a, re- uh, a gray stone one in the middle, and then a red and blue one coming off the side. Yeah, and they all have different attacks. Yeah, I mean, the red one is fire-themed, and the blue one is ice-themed. So you can kind of connect some dots there. Um, and in fact, they each also have their own weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And coincidentally, you have two rods, so hey. Hey, so it only takes a few hits if you uh, use the correct rod on the correct head. Yeah, you can either, like, you can shoot them and then stab them. You know, it's like if you shoot them with the rod, it'll stun them or, you know, they'll kind of turn orange. You can run up and stab them, I think. That's what just... I did, I think. Yeah. And the key is you don't want to shoot your rod off too early. I know a lot of people have that problem. <laughs> uh, and not, not me. if you do, you're doing no damage. Right. I, I ran into that a couple of times. Yeah. You have to wait for the head to fully extend, <laughs> and then you can <laughs> shoot your rod, destroying the dragon. Yeah, the dragon. The dragon. And uh, we want to watch out for the ice 
dragon head because in particular, I think it's worse because it freezes the floor and can yes. make parts of it slippery. So I would uh, destroy that one first. Yeah, same here. Destroy that one first, then go for the fire dragon head. Once you've destroyed those two heads, though, what happens? Uh, well, the stone center goes into attack mode and starts uh, shuffling around the room, slithering at you. It has yeah, a, a pretty uh, gnarly extend on its on its neck as well. Yeah, but... Well, there's a thick part in the middle of it with where its weak spot is that's glowing, and that's where you want to hit it. And again, you probably... There might be can easier of Verna. Ways, but oh yeah, I bet that's nice. You man. just run right in there and slap away. I usually just tried to spin sword it when it would go by. Okay, not too tough. No, really, the tough part is just getting to grips with the very beginning of the battle. The first time you go, you may die just because there's so much going on right away. You do have three heads attacking you. But if you know what to do, you can clear this guy out no problem. You will get one more heart container. Hopefully, now you are at full. Yeah. And you get that final crystal, freeing the Princess Zelda herself. Game over. Oh, not quite, my friend. What? Well, there's a big glowing tower nearby at the top of Death Mountain in the Dark World you might have known. Yes. No, or noticed. That's Ganon's tower. Okay. And if you head over there now, you'll see, like, the crystals come out a little bit and you get a little effect. Yeah, they come out of you and make, like, a little ring. They all power up. And then unlock the gates to this tower. Yeah, it stops uh, glowing. A little stairway opens and you head right in. Well, you find yourself now deep in Ganon's tower. And wow, this is quite the level. Yeah, it's it's the last one. You've got seven floors. And the first floor is bigger than most other dungeons you've ever dealt with. It's massive, man. It is huge. There's so many places to move around, get lost in, but also so many places to ignore if you really know what you're doing. Well, and this um, this tower has, you know, you're going to see every kind of puzzle and stuff you've dealt with before. Invisible floors, tons of conveyors, torch puzzles, bombs, you know, all this stuff. Like, they're using it all against you, so you got to be ready. Yeah, literally every single thing you've seen, especially the things you've seen more recently. But, I mean, as you battle your way up, you will fight. Four familiar bosses, really. Um, there'll be your dependent bosses come back. You fight the... Uh, yeah, those old old foes. Not two. They're much easier now. Um, Especially because I think they're the same strength they were before. Yeah. And you are now like a god among men. <laughs> uh, you've got your tunics rocking. You've got your sword at its max, hopefully. Hopefully you've got those arrows of silver. So you just got everything at point. Oh, yeah. You can tear up you know, the Armos, the Landmolas, and the Moldorm. And you're going to be finding all of them. Everyone's going to come out of the woodwork in this place. And along the way, you will find the red mail, finally. Finally get that red mail. You know, I guess too little too late. No, you still need it. It's still nice. <laughs> but it's, that's still on that first floor. And then you got to make your way down. You know, there's a third floor. There's a fourth floor. And these floors, you've got more of the crystal switch puzzles. You've got a bunch of... Uh, it's all there, man. Is that ice? Yeah, I think there's ice floors, yeah. collapsing floors. You, you get know. conveyor belts again. Then we go through those old school bosses. Floor after floor, up through the sixth floor. Finally, you'll make your way to a hallway on the seventh floor. And this is it. Braziers align the path. You go through the door with the big key. And it is a beautiful velvet-lined room. <laughs> yeah, You can Styling, see man. the light coming in from the windows on the left. And now it's time to fight Aghanim himself. Part two, yeah. Yes. A little harder this time. Yeah, he, he splits into three as two false agonims that shoot at you still. And only the true agonim will be hurt, but he can be hurt by any of the three's projectiles. Yeah, so you do get some extra chances to get him. 
But this is where that um, angling comes in real trickily. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of stuff coming at you. So a lot of times you're just kind of swinging. Yeah, and yeah. hoping that it goes back at the right, the right well, angle. And you know, before it's like you're when you're hitting something back at someone, you know, it's like a straight line kind of between you and them. But mm-hmm. when you're bouncing something off you to them, and with the timing with your sword, it can be tricky, but it's not deadly. No, in this boss fight is a little hard, but it's not too bad at all compared to some of the things we've been going through. Yeah, it's easier than Trinex, but when you do defeat him, he crumbles to the ground and a, a spectral. Blue piggish creature kind of rises from him. What? And then tra- changes into a bat and flies away. What was this blue creature? Well, a familiar foe that we've seen in the past. Ganon himself. It's almost as if the letters of the name Agnon <laughs> rearrange themselves to become Ganon. Um, yeah. Uh, How are we ever going to catch up with this bat? Well, you whip out your trusty flute. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and uh, summon your duck and fly it to the pyramid. And uh, this is the only time you can use it in the dark world? Or could you warp with it? No, you can never use it in the dark world. Okay, that's what I thought. I was like, uh, you know, I, I thought for a minute, I was like, wait, have I been walking around the whole time in the dark world when I could have used the duck? But, uh, but yeah, so this time the duck comes to the dark world and flies you straight to the pyramid where you see a huge hole where Ganon has, you know, dove through the, the peak of the pyramid. Yes, and then you stand there at the precipice of this cavernous hole. And this is your last chance to do anything you need to do. I don't think you can actually leave this spot. I don't know. Yeah. But if you need to save, this is where that save will begin. I think. <laughs> and you jump down. You jump down into this hole for your final confrontation. The final fight with Ganon. Now, there are no levels here. Now you're just in a room, which uh, I think at the beginning he just... Uh... He flies around, he throws his trident around at you, he makes fire circles and fire birds he shoots at you. Yes, he... I always thought of those as fire bats. Oh, yeah, bats is probably a better... Come on, those are cooler than birds. <laughs> what about ducks? Ducks are the coolest? So, yeah, he is teleporting around the room, but not, like, invisibly. He does that, like, speed multiples of himself yeah, teleport. <laughs> he uh, throws a trident, and he has this ring of fire that turns into bats and chase you down. But... He also is doing a jump every so often. I think it's when you hit him so many times. Yeah, after a certain point, he'll start doing the stomps where he's like breaking the edges of the floor off to where you can fall down and you'll have to... And each stomp destroys one edge of the floor, starting with the top, then the right, then the bottom. But once the left side is gone, then the two braziers that are lit at the bottom of the screen go out. Yeah, and he taunts you with some. He's like, huh... See if you can find your way through this trick of darkness. And it's like, ooh, you really, really tough. I'll light the braziers and he's back. <laughs> right. Now, there is a little trick you can do. If you time things correctly, and it's really split timing, but I did manage to do it. If you have your lantern out, because it's the quickest way to do it, mm-hmm. when he's doing his jumps around, and you can get him to do the fourth jump and light the brazier as soon as it goes out, yeah. Before the second one, the right one goes out, the left one will stay lit the entire time. Oh, really? And then you only have to relight one of them. Or I'm sorry, the right one will stay lit the entire time. And then oh. you only have to relight the left one when the time goes out and it's time to relight them. That's awesome. Yeah, it it's, makes it a lot easier because, you know, that saves a lot of running around. And it lets you get more hits in on him. Yeah, yeah. You know, per in, 
rotation. I mean, he's pretty chill anyways, because you just keep those torches lit, and then, you know, he'll land, you hit him with your sword, he'll turn blue, switch over to your bow, blast him with a silver arrow, and then I don't know how many hits, like five maybe, six, something like that? Yes. I didn't think it was too much, I was... Four times. Not the hardest boss in the game. (laughs) No. And then once you hit him with the fourth arrow of light, he is destroyed in a beautiful doorway with light coming through opens in front of you. Yeah, you head through and you're in a kind of mystical chamber and some the polygonal Triforce float in and... Looks super awesome. You get a lot of story text um, where it talks about wishes and the powers of the Triforce and such. Yeah, you get a nice little cutscene. And then you, you visit... With all the people that were important to the story. Well, this is a, um, and I was thinking about this when I beat this last time, because, you know, the the boy with the flute comes back. He mm-hmm. gets turned back from a tree. Your uncle isn't dead. Like, where I'm like, this is you wishing them all back, you think? Oh, man, I don't know. Or do you think it was just, they weren't dead? Or, you know what I mean? Like, this would have oh, happened either way. Oh, man, I think... I think you may be right. Just because they really lay it on pretty thick with the wishes and desires of the person with the Triforce in yeah. the final. You know what I mean? Like, so this is like a Captain America getting his hand on the Cosmic Cube situation. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Turning but, everything back to normal plus a little better for those that were hurt. Yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, it goes back and touches with just about everyone you've ever met. You know, the bug catching boys feeling better, you know. And it gives you a little something. It's not just showing them. It's like a little ending to their story or a little yeah. humorous anecdote, which is really cool. I, I love that a lot. And it's like uh, it shows you returning the Master Sword to the Lost Woods. and It's know, really cool. Yeah, you go back to just about every little spot. It's a, it's for me, for a long time, was a one of the high watermarks of video game endings agreed you get a full set of credits while that beautiful mode 7 triforce is rolling around on yeah. top of them yeah it's uh yep lots of a uh, classy way to go you get a the end and then that's it you have to do a reset yourself and if you continue your save point it starts you right on top of that pyramid mm, okay so cool. ready for that final fight all right nick that was Every level of Zelda A Link to the Past. Oh, yeah. And now we are here in the final portion of our three-part episode series, the review portion. And as always, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System, which is four categories with scores ranging from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. All right, Nick. I think we both gave this game a 5.0. Am Uh, I right? Yeah, I... I wrote down something different, but when I was looking, I was like, what am I, crazy? <laughs> I was like, 4.5. No, it's, uh, this game, the graphics are awesome. Uh, they're very colorful. They're uh, almost my ideal Super Nintendo graphics. They're very close. I mean, I've, you know, one of the things with the design, like I said before earlier in one of these mini podcasts, we talked about this, but it's like it just does feel a closer, more zoomed-in Zelda. Mm-hmm. And know? there is a little softness to some of the creatures. They don't have that hard edge or that, you know, viciousness to them, but... They still look great. Even the ones that I don't think are as good as some of the other games, I still think that's a great-looking sprite, and it's well-animated, and, you know. You know, I love the way the wood looks, like, you know, for buildings, or, like, where the witches, the magic potion shop, these things, it all looks great. Yeah, there's so many cool layering effects with lighting, with rain, with Mm -hmm. whatever. It's just, I mean, this game is gorgeous. And the sound, Koji Kondo. Yeah, the music's great. Um, I will, I... I feel like the only truly memorable track is the Zelda theme, but 
all the other ones are very fitting. You know what I mean? But they're not I'm like... I'm never annoyed or tired of any music in this game. No, and I mean, there's some there's some cool parts, but it's like they're not as... Uh, they don't have that like hook, like melody, kind of like the, yeah, you know. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Which is fine. Not a not really a complaint. But. Yeah, I mean, I just said, you know, in general, the, the little animations on everything, from the leaves to the hearts falling, there are just so many nice little touches in this game that it's just, it's just simply beautiful. All right. What did you give this game for play control, Nick? I was not as kind. Um, I gave it a 3.5. I gave it a 3.0. Um, I said, you know, and I say this a lot, the game doesn't ask much, and I can do a lot, but when many enemies are around, it can it can be hard to time things right and, and get exactly where I want. Yeah, um, I feel like you lost a little bit of a twitch sword play from the first one, you know? Well, and the fact that you're not in a square, gridded system anymore as rigidly, it just makes me less accurate. Well, and it's like your sword, you know, it's a slash, and it just it takes longer. It's not one frame appearing, right? you know? But, uh, and the big thing too, is it's like, you get a lot of items and, you know, you can uh, map them to a button, but it's like, could I map a few more to some other buttons or, or get for crying ring? out loud? Really? I just want the L and R buttons yeah. to cycle through my items. Yeah. Why can't I toggle through these? But that being said, and it's still, I, I never found myself like out of control, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Okay, Nick, I rated the challenge factor of this game at a 3.0. Okay, uh, I give it a 2.5. I said it can be hard, but there are so many different ways to soften that hardness. Yeah, yeah. There are bottles, fairies, and what is a pretty generous continue system? Yeah, and, um, you know, the bosses aren't that tough to begin with, and then, you know, going back through it now, I'm finding more weaknesses or things that I'd never tried before that, you know, I'm like, if, you, well, if you're really stuck, I'm sure you could figure some things out. For me, it's not the bosses so much. I just think that a lot of the levels themselves, the dungeons, can be a little grueling. There are many that have enemies that take off so much damage. But the key is, is whenever you're getting beaten too hard, you can always leave, ferry up, yeah, maybe grab some heart containers you missed, and then retry it. I mean, yeah, if, if you can just get the big key and then come back, you've already done most of the work, you know? Exactly. And finally, Nick, we have theme and fun. 5.0. I, again, gave it a 5.0. That's right. This game is almost perfect. Mm -hmm. But, you know, later dungeons retread a lot for me. And uh, there's some weird difficulty spikes in said dungeons. Yeah. And for me, those are just like the small things that, that keep this game from being like the game of yeah. all time. Well, this is the game where it's like... I loved it when it came out. I still love it, but it was like it was also a slight disappointment because I could see I'm like you're getting away from things I liked about the original Zelda. Yes, it's still close, but it's different. It's and it's going to keep moving. This is you know, and I feel the it's same way. Still a masterpiece. It's just um, you know I'm like maybe well, not my perfect game, but it's great. With time, I've been able to appreciate it even more now that I I, I can separate myself from those childhood feelings of betrayal. Right, well, like, you didn't make the game I wanted. Exactly. <laughs> and again, this game is, like you said, a masterpiece. Which brings us to our final, final question. Should you play this game? I think everyone should. Yeah, if you are a fan of video games, this should be one of the ones you have played. And if it isn't, well, I wouldn't say shame on you. I say, well, <laughs> congratulations. You have an awesome game to go enjoy. Yeah, and this actually might be the best, one of the best spots to start if you've never played a Zelda. Yeah, it's pretty friendly. It's beautiful. It's fun. And it's just got a lot of charm. This <laughs> is this is definitely 
a great place to begin your adventures in Hyrule. Next week's game will be River City Ransom for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game any way you can. Grab your controllers and play along, friends. And as always, feel free to contact us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we'll email you back. We will. You can also get in touch with us on Facebook at Cartridge Command. A lot of people like to give us a shout out there or make a comment or two. We read those as well. You any, any hodag stories out there? Let's Let's get together. Let's talk about this. Now, you can also uh, send us your Hodag uh, sightings on Twitter at Cart Command. And, uh, of course, we must always make sure to thank our wonderful supporters on Patreon.com slash Cartridge Command. For it is they that make this show possible. Yeah, the few, the proud, the patrons. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game on! What is it? I can never say his name. Aganim. All right.